champion. Realize Shaq's mechanism. Alright, Shaquille O'Neal for rap. He's not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're gonna go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Fifth episode of Tampa Two Tuesdays, live from the Radio DePaul Studios in Chicago, Illinois. My name is Bill Almalley, and this is my co-host Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Pretty good. We were off last week because I was a little bit under the weather, but I'm here now. My voice is fine. Everything is fine. How are you, Bilal? I'm good. Glad to have you back, and glad to have the show back. Glad <clears throat> to be back. All right, so we have some NFL news since we were last in here for our show two weeks ago. What do we got? So first, uh, the so as you probably remember, over the season, uh, the Steelers and the Cleveland Browns had that had a fight between Mason Rudolph, their quarterback, and Miles Garrett, the defense end for the Cleveland Browns, which ended in um, Garrett ripping off Rudolph's helmet and basically hitting him in the head with it, which then resulted in both sides having fines, but then Rudolph, I mean, not, sorry, Garrett having to be suspended indefinitely. And he was recently reinstated and he recently came out in an interview saying, reiterated a claim that he made earlier that um, Rudolph said a uh, racial slur to him during the fight. Which then in turn, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin was on ESPN a couple of days ago and he said he took offense to Garrett's recent claim. I mean, this is this has been something that's been going on since basically the incident happened, right? I mean, he's, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I really don't know what's going on with uh, this whole situation. Um, it's just a terrible thing for both players I think to be involved with just it's it's not good for the game of football we'll put it that way I I agree and it's it's really getting out of it's really getting out of proportion now and it's I mean the entire situation was horrible in the beginning with the with the uh with the whole play that happened that that game I remember watching that and um I mean again if I'm Rudolph though I'm happy that my head coach went out and defended me and he is taking my side which i would expect nonetheless to happen but it's just going to be interesting how far now that garrett has been reinstated he will obviously back and it's just going to be interesting to see where things go from here and if things even get worse and i heard that it could even uh 
and bleed over into like legal territory, like actually having some legal issues going on, which usually things that happen on the football field usually stay there and are resolved by the league and the commissioner. But I, this could go in all different ways, and I, it's going to be something you're going to have to follow for a while. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And uh, so something new that came up recently is that the league is considering a 17-game season. So currently we are at a 16-game season, which each team having a bye week. And then the playoffs, we have three rounds of playoffs, wild card, divisional. No, sorry, four rounds, wild card, divisional, championship, and Super Bowl, which the uh, top two teams in each conference skip the first round, but of the playoffs. But now, what are you? What are your thoughts on the seventeen game season? It's only one game extra, but it's. I. Let's just go. With what you think first? Then I'll I, I think it's in. pretty good. Um, we already have a sort of seventeen week season, but each team has a bye week, right? So they're only playing sixteen games. I think an added game gives more time for football, really. Um, not just because it's an added game, but also adds another week to the season, another week for offenses to gel, another week for defenses to gel. Um, I don't know how it's going to be for, for example, changing records now because right players will have an added game to uh, get more receiving yards, more receptions. Right, Quarterbacks are going to have another game to throw for another two, three touchdowns. Well, that's always been there. Right. Because we started out in, I think it was in the 70s or something, in the 80s, they were only, <coughs> sorry, there were only 14 games. And so schedule changes happened before, and that's never really been affected. It's just whatever happened at that time was the record, and that just stood. Um, I, I mean, I get the logic where you're coming from. I get it as a fan. We're both fans. We want to see more football. We want to see more action. Our our sport compared to the other sports is pretty limited it's to pretty many short. games. Right. But at the same time, our sport is much more physical, much more brutal, and it's um. There's no benefit to anyone except those on the business side of this. It's a business decision. To add another game, which means more people are going to come in to the stadium. The television deals are going to be bigger. There'll be... There's nothing for the actual players involved. Just more injury risk. It's a a higher risk. And um, the players already are dealing with so many um, different injuries. And imagine... I mean, I know the feeling, I don't know the feeling personally, but it's like just the idea of going from a, um, a Sunday Sunday afternoon game and then going to a Thursday night game. The window of time is already so small. And, I mean, they're fun to have games all around the week for us as fans, but you got to think these are players too like they may be making millions of dollars at the same time but there's still people who are putting their bodies at risk every game they play every snap they take i remember was two years ago 
the Bears had their schedule flexed, so they played the Sunday night game against the Vikings, and then they played the early Thanksgiving game on that that same week. So that's like the quickest turnaround ever. So just think of like if you were to go to the gym and you wake up the next day, your body's pretty sore. Especially depending on what you did. Just imagine that times like 10 or 20. And that in another game, while I will enjoy it, I will watch it, I don't see the benefit to it. That's a really good point. um, But it's still an ongoing negotiation with the CBA. They have to figure out and they're making progress, but I think this will not go into effect as of right now, it says it will not go into effect until at least 2022 or 2023. So there's still time, but if it was me, I would vote against having another game for the sake of the players. For the sake of the players and their their health and their safety. Because if, if um, who was it, our quarterback, Trubisky, if he, let's say it's a 17th game or some other really late in the season he gets hurt it's like that could have been avoided if he didn't play the game but you can say that about any game but it just too much risk not enough reward that's a good point all right uh what else do we have uh all right so this happened just now actually so uh uh ben affleck oscar winning actor director ben affleck was just on espn and we all know that Affleck is from Boston. He has really, he's very faithful to the Boston sports fan base and really big Patriots fan. So much so that he's really good friends with Tom Brady. And he was just on first take and he was on Get Up on ESPN just a couple hours, or just less than an hour ago, saying that he was texting with Brady back and forth. And he asked the number one question. That is on everyone's mind. Is he staying in New England or is he going? And his response was simply the shrug, shrugging his shoulders emoji. How he doesn't <laughs> know. And so that's all he got out of him. And like, do you think Brady was being a little, uh, just having fun with him, knowing that this is a probably good chance that he would have been, Affleck would have been asked this question anytime and just to, I don't know, kind of protect his friend, he decided to not tell him what to do? I think so, yeah. Um, I feel like Brady comes from this Bill Belichick system of not wanting to answer any questions whatsoever. Um, I think he's more open, though, than Belichick is. Like, you saw him in that Hulu commercial over the Super Bowl and that how everyone thought he was retiring, but then he said, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't see Tom Brady going anywhere. Neither do I. I mean, he's been in the Patriots system so long. He's had so much success with it. To go to another team this late in his career, I don't think I don't think it's a good choice for him. If he goes to another team, it's only going to be for... A contender. Mm, a sure yeah, contender. Exactly. And it's only only going to last maybe two years max. I, don't, I think the guy... I mean, he's been around forever. Been in the league longer than I've been alive. <laughs> and well, he came in in like March or April 2000. I was born in December. So it was like he was already pl- well into his rookie year. But um, 
he's going to, like you said, he's going to go to a contender if he's going to go. And I still think the best contender for him is New England. New England, yeah. And what are the chances that he's just playing, that Affleck is just playing with us and he actually told them what's going on? <laughs> we we would never know. We wouldn't. But like, it's just fun to assume what would... Um, what would what could be? You think somebody out there has the secrets? What Tom Brady is thinking? Yeah, Tom Brady has the <laughs> secrets of what Tom Brady is thinking. Uh huh. So now, now that we've wrapped up the season, and that we are slowly transitioning into the second to the off season phase of the NFL, we are entering the draft uh, situations with now the combine coming up the. And then the draft coming up in a couple in a month or two. So, the best quarterback in college football was Joe Burrow last year, without a doubt, and he led LSU to a national championship victory. And now the logical choice for him, which happens with every quarterback, is transition to the NFL, and he's been projected to be the number one overall pick. Now we know the Bengals have the first overall pick, and. Everyone is thinking that they will choose him. Like, that's logical choice. Many teams in the past have done it. The Colts did with Andrew Luck. Um, what are some other options? i completely blanking right now. Um, For number one overall? Number one overall quarterback. Colts did it with Luck. Was Cam Newton? Cam Newton did it the year before for the Panthers. And it's just, they're countless other options, but that's how it usually turns out. But he's Burrow recently came out and saying that he has a leverage over the Bengals in a way. What do you make of that? Like how do you have leverage in the draft process? That's that's definitely interesting, I think. Um we have for example Eli Manning who refused to play for the Chargers and then he was traded to the Giants. That was the whole thing with um him and Philip Rivers. Yeah. We have, I think, John Elway also, when he was drafted, he refused to go somewhere, and he was sent to the Broncos instead. I forget what Didn't team. Elway play with the Colts first and then got sent to the Broncos? I I think he was drafted by the— like, I think he played at least a year or two with the Colts. Let's see. He was selected uh, first overall pick by the Baltimore Colts. Colts. And he—no, he did not play— game no okay. i think he was sent away i was wrong um, i mean okay burrow is from ohio so cincinnati's in ohio cincinnati needs a quarterback he's a pretty good quarterback at least what he showed in college but like the draft isn't like free agency where you can't dictate where you go you i mean we brought up these examples but those are unique situations like the charters and like Giants had to agree to that trade. Like they could have easily decided not to trade. Right. You and get drafted by who you get drafted. You, exactly. You can't, really, you can't really choose. No, you don't. And the, there's this whole. I mean, the the process is all starting off right now, but a lot of these decisions get made at least at least for the first or second overall pick. These decisions get made well in advance, pretty much. Like I remember the situation with Andrew Luck and the Colts. We knew a month ago. We knew maybe a month or a month and a half before the draft that Andrew Luck was going to the Colts because the Colts announced it flat out. They came out and said, "We are taking Andrew Luck." 
which then in turn allowed the Redskins to take RG3, the second overall pick. So I don't see how he has any leverage over he goes. And if he does, I would like to see where that comes from. But uh, all indications are pointing this is going to be the uh, year where the Colts, not the Colts, the Bengals draft Joe Burrow with the first overall pick. And if he doesn't want to play there, then, then we'll he, see what happens. <laughs> we'll know. see what happens. And at the same time, he's damaging his own career. That's true. Like, he's stuck there. Because you're usually locked into like a four year contract with the option for a fifth year. So you are going to be there. Like, you can't leave. We already started covering this a little bit, but um, let's go into some free agency because this is like the heart of it's the wildest time of the year. <laughs> exactly, and the with the league year starts in about a month, so we have a few shows before we get to that point. But March seventeenth is the first day of the new league year, where trades can happen, free agents can be signed. Tom Brady becomes a free agent for the very first time in his career. Which he will resign in New England. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, he's going yeah, to resign. He definitely, is, uh, it's retirement or resign. He already said he's not going to retire, so he's going to resign. So NFL Network, NFL.com, sorry, put together a list of five of nine guys who must be resigned by their current team, and that list consists of Dak Prescott for the Cowboys, Derrick Henry for the Titans. Hunter Henry for the Chargers, tight end. Shaq Barrett, outside linebacker for the Bucks. Byron Jones for the Cowboys. Brian Belaga, Green Bay Packers. Eric Armstead for the Niners. Anthony Harris for the Vikings. And Jack Conklin for the Titans. Any, anyone on this list surprising? And who do you think needs to be... What are your overall um, thoughts on this? I'm looking at... I'm looking at Shaq Barrett. Um, he's a he was a free agent, I believe, last season. He left the Denver Broncos. He was supposed to be uh, Von Miller's replacement, but once they picked up Bradley Chubb, they were like, "We don't need Shaq Barrett anymore." Um, and then he signed what this one year prove it deal, and he had 19 and a half sacks. Um, yeah, I I feel like he's gonna be one of those guys who. You know, has that one great year, that one big breakout year. He locks in a, a four-year, multi-million contract. Million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this giant pass rush contract. Um, but I don't, I don't know if he's gonna live up to that long term. I mean, with the cap number increasing this year, I don't know. I don't know what the specifics are, but I heard that I know. I know it's increasing. There is enough money available to pay these people much more than they could before. But he's also only twenty-seven years old. So it's like that is a prime age prime for a def- age. for yeah. for a defensive player, especially a linebacker. Perfect. And then Bruce Arians did come out and say though that he is not letting him go anywhere. So I mean that's a confidence booster from your um, from your head coach to um, having you that you are good you're, enough to stay. You're good. You're good enough to come back. That's right. That they want to bring him back. How about you? Anybody? I mean, there's, there's some people on this list that are obvious for me. Okay. Um, Prescott has to stay. That's very true. He, he's not the best, 
but he's the best at what the Cowboys have right now. Like, if they find someone who could replace him in the draft or free agency, take him. I don't, I'm not opposed at all. But, right, he's shown that he can do, he's shown that he can lead your team. Like, they've had really bad years. They've had off years. But now they have a new head coach coming in, McCarthy. And McCarthy has worked with the likes of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and those people. And he basically developed Aaron Rodgers into Aaron Rodgers until Aaron Rodgers didn't need him anymore, basically. That's what ended up happening in Green Bay. They He took him, developed him. Rodgers became his great quarterback, and then he moved on. So now McCarthy has that restart button to start all over again with the same process in Dallas with Prescott. So with a young quarterback who is still in his in his in the prime of his career. Really. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to break the bank. He's not deserve, he's not worth the 150 million dollars or something. He's worth maybe 100. Yeah, he's he's worth starter money, but not like elite. No, he's not worth a Drew a Brees level. Drew Brees, he's right. not worth a Russell Wilson. He's not worth that. He's shown himself that. Yeah, you got to get to the playoffs. Do you think they give him a shorter deal, maybe a two-year extension, make him prove it, and then give him bigger, or they just put the franchise tag on him? What do you think? I think. I think they're gonna give him a. I think they're gonna give him a big deal. I think they're gonna give him a big deal. I think Jerry's willing to do that. Oh, that's a very good point. Because it's a risk you're taking because you put him a big deal. It depends on how much guaranteed you have. Then you're locked into the guy forever. Not not forever, but for a long time. Like, if you... All matters is the guaranteed money. If the guaranteed money is Kirk Cousins, three years, $84 million, all guaranteed, they're stuck with him. First year wasn't good. Second year was much better. So... It all matters. In all these situations, it matters where the guaranteed money is. The, the overall isn't um, isn't going to affect it. I think because the Cowboys also gave Ezekiel Elliott a ton of money. He's got a long, yeah, a long term contract. What was yeah, it? they got to pay Cooper though too. They got to pay Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least they got Zeke done earlier. Right, Zeke got a six year, ninety million. So he's the highest paid running back right now in the NFL. So that, that doesn't Works. leave a lot of money for Prescott and Cooper. Does Prescott hold out if he doesn't get the deal? Ooh. I don't I don't see him holding out. Does he pull out. Zeke? <laughs> I don't I don't see it. That didn't work out that too well for Zeke. Holding out never works out good for anyone. All right, so we got to we'll transition into some actual football though because we weren't here last week, but the XFL, which is the if you're um, familiar with the name, it's a re- reincarnation of the failed XFL league from 2001, but this time around it's getting actually pretty good reviews. I now you're you've become an expert on the league in the short time that <laughs> of its existence, so uh why don't you uh, describe to us what it is? All right, so the XFL has been labeled as a much faster league than the NFL. Supposedly, they're having more plays per minute. Um, 
it feels like less commercial breaks throughout the game, just a little bit. Uh, the play clock is 25 seconds compared to the NFL, which is, what, 40, 45? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to get to 40. Um, and the quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs all have speakers in their helmets. So they're receiving oh. they're receiving the calls directly from the coach. So that's why so no more huddles. Yeah, pretty much no more huddles. Really, the only thing that the quarterback has to call out to the offense is to the offensive lineman for the protection. Not protections. The receivers, running backs, they all already know the play. They're getting it straight from the coach. So that's why the play clock has been shortened so much, and it creates a really really fast paced game. What they're trying to do is. Um, they're trying to incentivize going for it on fourth down. They're incentivizing big plays. It's um, like Madden. Right, pretty much. They want a lot of high scoring. I believe the original over-unders for the first games were like 50, like 58 or something. So they were expecting really high scoring game. The only problem is the talent level is that of like the AAF, which was not around for even a full season. Um, so this is basically just players who didn't make it onto NFL rosters or, you know, their their highest point would be a practice squad. Mm-hmm. So the skill level isn't quite as high, and that's definitely showing in the quarterback play because yeah, I, there's a lot of interceptions being thrown. Oh yeah, I, there's a lot of incomplete. I didn't watch as much as you did this week. I only watched a portions of some games, but I'm like, there were some passes that were being thrown that, you regular see guys like Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Russell Wilson making those or Mahomes in their sleep. And the guy's like, where are you throwing the ball? That's right. Not that I'm saying I could do better than that, but maybe a little bit I could do better <laughs> than that. I don't know. I, I've never played an actual game, so I could never actually tell you. But it just looked like um like they were amateurs or they weren't up to the level you could see why they're in this league and why they're not in that league but it's still fun to see football football in general and to see a new version of the game and to see if the nfl is able to like i know they're like testing things out in the pro bowl they let test on new rules these are completely different concepts these are like the kickoffs are completely different they look much safer right um instead of having players run at each other they're standing basically in trench warfare. <laughs> exactly. It's like you are standing and you were in the, in the, in the NFL and a kickoff because the ball is in the air for three, four seconds and you're standing there and you're waiting to get hit. I mean, then we don't get the big returns that like Devin Hester would have. Like, I love seeing those highlights. But anyway, it's like, it's going to be fun to see what the NFL takes from this, if anything. And uh, an interesting point I lo- found out was uh, the commissioner is Andrew Luck's dad. Wow. Andrew Luck is was, uh, we all know, who is the quarterback of the Colts who retired before the start of this past season. And his dad was the quarterback for the Houston Oilers from 1982 to 1986. And he actually played with Peyton Manning's dad on the Oilers. So, like, even the Mannings and the Lucks have had a connection before that. But, um... Uh, his name's Oliver Luck, if anyone wanted to know. Um, he's had connections to the league in the past. That he was like involved in NFL Europe and had other adventures, but now he's the commissioner <laughs> of the XFL. And um, 
I like the purpose of this league. Like you said, it's a place where people who couldn't make it in the NFL end up here. And it's more of, um, it's kind of like preseason games. Any oppor- any opportunity these players have to prove themselves, they're going to take it. It's going to take it, and they're going to be people who watch it. And the, the crowds at these games aren't that bad at all. No, they seem no. pretty pretty packed in there. Even though they're not like taking the the top balconies, everything else is pretty much taken. All the seats you can take as much as you. I mean, these stadiums have capacity of like sixty thousand people, and we know that. That's not going to come out on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon just to watch lower level. It's more like a developmental league. And if you compare it in terms of baseball or um, hockey, it's that's what it is. It's a developmental league. And uh, and it's more like it's more localized, right? Exactly. You got like these hometown. We only have eight teams, too. Mm-hmm. And they're not that many. And they're all in big football towns. Big places Except known for football. Chicago. <laughs> But we do have a Chicago connection. Mark Tressman, who's the head coach of Tampa's team, which is not good at all. Uh, his his offense doesn't quite seem to be making it pretty he good in there. Only had his offense. I mean, even when he came to the Bears, he was labeled this big offensive guy, his quarterback big, whisperer. Well, quarterback whisperer only had that one year in 2013 where we went eight and eight and could have made the playoffs, but. And then he just lost the locker room. He lost the locker room. The team didn't like it. And uh, there was, it was chaos back there. And he's basically shown he is um, in the same way, even in the XFL. There was, uh, he's went from, he's went from Canada to and the, the NFL and now and the XFL. He just shows how far he's fallen. People usually want to go the other way. Except for Canada, I think. Everyone wants to hit the NFL. He's finding a way to get away from there. And it's weird because he, he was this great championship coach in Canada. He he had all these, these wins, these championship wins. Then he came to the NFL. And then he kind of flunked out here and then went back to Canada and he won again yeah, his first year. <laughs> I mean, he had success in uh, as a coordinator in the NFL, like an offensive coordinator. He was the coordinator for the Raiders when they were in the Super Bowl. Back in 02. So he's had success, but he's not a head coach and he's not a great head coach. We learned that as we learned that the hard way as Bears fans. Tampa, not that Tampa's uh, XFL team is learning that hard now because they're, well, I think they're 0 2. I don't think they've even scored an offensive touchdown. So in a game that is incentivized to be speeding up and to have more action, Trishman's not taking advantage of that. And just disappointing to see. You thought you think I would have some success. Especially with all those experience. That's right. Last thing I want to mention about the XFL is that uh, our good old uh, friend here, Tim Tebow, got an opportunity to play. He said there was communications. Right now, Tebow is the he's on the minor league team for the New York Mets. It's on the, and uh, Tebow's chances in the Mets apparently aren't looking so good to make it to the actual team. So the people were asking if he got um, any consideration to play in the XFL, and he responded saying there has been communications, but he decided to stick with baseball. Yeah, I don't see Tebow coming back. I think he's too far removed, and I think he definitely feels like his ceiling in baseball is higher than his ceiling in football. Which, 
I mean, I, I'm not a big baseball fan at all, but I read that he spent the entire year last year on the minor league team. So I'm like, if you want any chance at coming back to football, I'd say take the XFL. It seems stable enough. The league's not going to fold like the, <laughs> the previous one did. Well, we hope not. Yeah, I mean, it's only been two weeks, but the the output from the fans have been uh, it's been pretty good, I think. And the rule changes, the the aspect of the game, it's it's similar and different enough to the to the NFL. I mean, it would be fun to see Tebow running around, uh, just leading those comebacks like he used to. He was never a great quarterback. He was always he was a one shot wonder type of person. He was not a very good thrower. No. He he launched that thing like a javelin. <laughs> he could run though. He could run, yes. I I'm gonna close on this so that I didn't the one moment I really um one Tebow moment that still sticks in my head is when that we were playing the Broncos in two thousand eleven. Jay Cutler had his thumb injury. It was one of the first or second games right after that, and we were up. 10 to 0 in the end of the fourth quarter, and Tebow led that comeback, and it was really just Tebow time. <laughs> Not fun. All right, then. So I think that covers the show. I think we had a pretty good discussion this week, and after having a week off, we came back, and uh, it was good to talk football again. It, it was, and now with the draft kicking up, the XFL. Show me some promise. I think we'll have a lot more. That's one of the worries, though, when the season ends. You're like, where do we go from here? And I think we've found a good avenue to continue down on. I believe the combine starts this weekend. I think it might I be this weekend. Did not Let's know see. that. I thought it was. It might be. I don't know. Yeah. Combine starts uh, Sunday, February 23rd, and it ends on March 2nd, which is the Monday. So oh, we'll we'll get some stuff to talk about next week. And one of my favorite parts of the combine is uh, Rich Eisen's forty-yard dash. (laughs) It's it's always slowly, slowly going down. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's improving over the years. So he started really slow, and uh, he runs it in a suit and tie though too. So he he started to take it more seriously. So now, well, because there's that huge charity aspect to it where he donates the money to St. Jude. I remember. We are really going over time right now, but um, I remember the aspect, the uh, thing was a year or two ago where Bill Belichick walked in the broadcast booth and just put down a check right in front of him. So it's like, it was, it was fun. And the combine is becoming more of a big spectacle now. It's like people enjoy, like, like I will sit down and watch parts of it. I won't watch all of it, but it's like. I don't because I don't follow college that much. I don't I'm not familiar with these players, but like just to see the skills, it's just it's kind of like the mini Pro Bowl skills challenge type of thing. Yeah, the combine is like your first introduction to these players who are going to be the face of the NFL in the future. You can't you can't get much information out of it, but it's still fun to watch. That's right. All right. All right. So that does it for this uh, week's episode of Tampa Two Tuesdays. We went a little over, but we had a good time and. Uh, we hope to see you again next week. This has been Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This is Tampa 2 Tuesday with Trenton and Bilal. See you all next week. 
Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.